0: Oh, Sahana Babetu Sahana
1: Banatu Sahabi Yamkada Bahai. They just we Vishava. shanti shanti. Shanti, welcome, everyone. Sorry.
0: i close my phone, there we go. Any questions relating to this subject, relating to the Gita, relating to anything? Shashi?
1: I saw there's a hand up on your screen for some reason, emoji.
0: So that's why I thought I asked you. Okay. So Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 1. Today we'll cover verses 10 to 19. So far, what we've covered in a nutshell
1: is that the Kauravas and the Pandavas, cousins, Gauravas cheated the Pandavas of their kingdom in a game of dice. The Pandavas had to go and live in the jungle, the forest for 13 years. They fulfilled that obligation and came back to Hastinapur to claim their kingdom. Gauravas said, come back after 13 years, I'll give you the kingdom back, Duryodhana. But when they returned, Duridana refused to keep the kingdom back. So, Duryodhana said, fight me for it. And the Pandavas had no choice but to fight a battle against the Kauravas, to take back what was theirs in the first
0: place. The Kauravas represent evil, unrighteousness. The Pandavas... The good, the righteousness. The world is made of pairs of opposites hot and cold. Heat, sun, you get hot and cold, good and bad. You
1: think about how the world is everything is pairs of opposites short and tall,
0: thin
1: and fat. This is the characteristics of the world. So here Kauravas uh, represents the bad,
0: the Pandavas the good. So the battle is the begin, against the Kauravas and the Pandavas. The first chapter we said is divided into six topics. We're
1: going to finish the last verse of topic two, verse 10, and then start topic three. So good and bad is within us as well. Our mind thinks of good things and bad things. It wants to do certain actions which are bad. Bad in the sense not right for you. And how do you overcome those thoughts, those actions? This is what is represented by the Gita. We all have these positive and negative tendencies. How do you deal with the negative tendencies? This is what it's about. It's elaborated as a battle, just because people like stories.
0: People relate to stories. But this is what it represents. Now,
1: before we begin today's class, I just want to explain. You may have all heard of the caste system. Yeah? in India, the caste system, they practice this. There are four castes. Does anyone know the four
0: castes? Anyone know the four castes? Name anyone. Jati. Sorry? Jati. Meaning? Jati
1: means caste. Gujarati Ah. words is Jati. What
2: are the four castes? Kshatriya, Kshatriya. The brahmin? Yeah. Brahmins. Kshatriya, which are um, warriors, I think. Vaishya, yeah.
1: Vaishya, yeah. Shudra. Shudra, wonderful. Brahmin yeah. is the priest class, <laughs> regarded as the highest class. Kshatriya is the warrior class, fighting, battles. Vaishyas is the business class, trader traders and lastly is the shudras the labor class so those are the four castes that they created in india they were created for a particular reason at a particular time but now those times have changed and it actually represents something very different now So, Pandavas and Gauravas belonged to the Kshatriya caste, which means they were in the warrior caste. In those days, that caste and the Brahmin caste was uh, predominant. Warrior was like the highest class with the Brahmin. The traders and the laborers were the lower caste. But things changed based on time now. What is a higher class? The base shares. Business class. Those are regarded as respect because they have lots of money. This is what we respect now. Warriors, we don't. Brahmins, they have a role, but we have a little bit of respect, but we in this day and age now respect wealth, power. You see how things have changed. In those days, in the Mahabharata time, it was the kshatriyas, the warriors who were regarded as the high, because they defended the land against bad. Any questions? And the reason I um, explain this is because what we're going to cover is that there's so much high respect for these warriors, Arjuna, Krishna, Duryodhana, Given the highest respect, Bishma, because of that situation at the time. Yeah. They are more regarded higher than a wealthy person.
0: When did they get a question?
3: You know, the caste system in that time, was it based on like um like was it created based on their personalities? Like if they're like um a rajasik person or like is that how the caste system was created in the beginning isn't it it's just misunderstood now is that correct tamasik
1: rajasik sattvic you all know well most of you know the difference rajasik uh is someone who's lazy indolent how can he become a warrior even if he's born to a warrior how can he become a warrior yeah rajasik someone who's full of action yeah he could become a warrior and sattvic brahmin someone who is righteous who is a good person you know he knows about the uh, about brahman our scriptures he's a sattvic person nowadays you're born to a brahmin and you are it as a brahmin no matter how good or bad the person is he's of the higher caste because he's born to a brahmin family he may be really domestic, but we're given that status because he was born. But in those days, anybody could be a, um, a kshatriya, Any could, anybody could be a brahmin if they had that quality in those days.
0: But now it's completely different. Is that okay? When is that? Any other questions relating to that? Okay, great. So we'll begin with verse 10, which is the last verse of topic
1: two. So I'll chant once and then you can all chant on the second time. Okay. <laughs> Vida made some Baalum be ma beerachitum. A purry up dum tedas markum. Baalum pishma beerachitum. Purry up dum I love your voice, but. Translation. This army of ours, protected by Bhishma, is unlimited. Whereas that army of theirs, protected by Bhima, is
0: limited. This is Duryodhana talking to Bhishma. Duryodhana's ego is manifesting.
1: He's basically saying, my army is more superior than the Pandavas. This is what he's saying to Bhishma. My army is more superior than the Pandavas army. I have a greater amount of battalions, 11 battalions compared to theirs, 7 battalions. My My army is led by the great Bhishma, while the Pandavas' army is led by Bhima, Arjuna's brother. Basically, what he's saying is, I have a big, great army led by such a great warrior. Look at the Pandavas. They have a smaller army than me. They're led by the inexperienced Bhima. Inexperienced compared to
0: Bhishma. He's trying to persuade himself there's nothing to be scared of. Look what I have compared
1: to them. He's trying to substantiate to himself, to his own mind, which is agitated, is afraid. So he's saying to himself,
0: I'm stronger. Why am I worried? But being egoistic,
1: there's no humility in him. So he's telling Bishma, look, Bishma, we're all right compared to Pandavas. We've got nothing to worry about.
0: We do that when we want to make the mind want something, which is not right. But we
1: substantiate it by evaluating within ourselves. It's okay. I can do this. Look. Look at my situation compared to theirs. Why would I? It's like the, uh, what's that uh, poem? Uh, the ducks are swimming the pond some of you have the duck is trying to the chicken, chick is trying to substantiate why it can't swim it convinces
4: itself,
1: it convinces itself why it couldn't swim my feathers my beak is the same why can't I swim like the ducks and what happens it drowns
0: similarly so Duryodhana is trying to justify himself nothing to be sprayed of. Ravi, can you read the uh, commentary?
2: Duryodhana declares that his army is unlimited, indicating its superiority to the Pandava army. Its superiority lay not only in its greater numbers, but in the fact that Bhisma, one of the greatest living warriors of the time, commanded it. He further states that the Pandava army is limited, meaning weaker and states that the Bandava army is limited, meaning weaker and more vulnerable. It was led by Bhima, whose knowledge of arms and mastery
0: mastery of the art of warfare. Sorry Ravi, your mic is,
1: uh, I can't hear you. Can everyone hear him? Yeah, someone with your mic. Oh, does it work? Yeah, now I can hear you. So I'll read that again. (laughs) He further states that the Pandava army is limited, meaning weaker and more vulnerable. It was led by Bhima...
0: You can continue.
2: It was led by Bhima, whose knowledge of arms and mastery of the art of warfare stood in poor contrast to that of Bhisma. The ego and arrogance of Duryodhana. Now pronounces the greatness of his numbers, his strength, and his glory. Sorry, oh sorry. The word "apriyapta" has been translated as "unlimited," and "pariyapta" as "limited." Another rendering of this verse translates "apariyapta" as insu- ins- "insufficient." and Pariapta as sufficient. If the second translation is taken, it further substantiates Duryodhana's sense of insecurity and fear. The Gauravas had four Asukunis, battalions, more than the Pandava army. Moreover, the Gaurava army was commanded by the invincible Bhisma. Yet, all this did not suppress the deep set fear in fear? Yeah, sorry. Fear is an emotion which grips all destructive animals. The carnivore exhibits fear with little provocation. In striking contrast, the herbivore rarely shows any sign of fear. The more cruel and destructive an animal, the more terrified it feels at the suggestion of any danger. Conversely, the more meek and gentle an animal, the more calm it remains in the face of danger, even at the threshold of death. The same principle holds good for human beings. Duryodhana's cruel and destructive tendencies explain the element of fear manifest in his speech on the verge of battle. Thank you, Billy.
0: Any questions? Okay. Everyone understand? Yeah. Nilam, makes sense. Great.
1: We'll do verse eleven. Aya ne suja sarvesu yathapaga mahastita ha bishma me biraksantu pavanta sarva evahi. And stationed in your respective positions in all divisions, all of you, God Bishma alone. Once again, Duryodhana is saying this to his army. Now, chanting these verses, um, if everyone tries to do do the best they can, even in their own mind, because the vibrations you will get from chanting is difficult to explain, but it will resonate within you. It has some sort of feel-good factor that it will have within you. And you're never going to get a chance to chant again. So take this opportunity to chant the best you can, yeah? It's entirely up to you, but it's just a suggestion, yeah? I know it's difficult in the beginning, but you know what? After a couple of chapters, you'll be
0: fluent. So try your best. So Bhishma. Now Bishma,
1: his original name is Devrata.
0: The above Rata, that's Bhishma's original name. Bhishma actually means terrible. And the reason he's been given this name is that
1: some time ago, some, King Santanu, who Bhishma is his son, Bhishma is King Santanu's son, he was the heir, heir to the throne. Bhishma was heir to the throne. But what
0: happened? The father, Bhishma's father, fell in love with a fisherman's daughter. And he wanted to marry her. But the girl's father said, we will
1: only let you marry my daughter if her children become heir to the
0: kingdom. If you marry my daughter, their children has to be the heir. Of course, the heir
1: belonged to Bhishma. So for the sake of his father, Bishma took a vow that he would not take the kingdom. When the king died, he would not take over the kingdom. But the daughter's father said, okay, you won't take the kingdom, but what about your children? So he took a vow that he would never get married, ever, so he wouldn't have any children, just to satisfy the fisherman. The fisherman so that his daughter can marry his father for his father's sake so he was given this name Bhishma, which means terrible because it was a terrible vow he took i mean this whole war is because of that one vow he took they're fighting for his kingdom if he hadn't taken that vow this war wouldn't be happening And because of this vow he, he, he took, he was given a blessing, a boon, that he could not die unless he consents to it. Now, this is the power of Bishma; He can never die unless he says, I'm ready to die.
0: Now, there are many stories behind all these characters in the Mahabharata.
1: Now, our interest is in the teachings of the Gita itself, the Lord's Song. But there are so many background stories to it. So just because we're going to mention Bhishma quite a bit, I should explain why he's called Bhishma, which means terrible. So Duridhana, in this verse, Duridhana advises his army to protect Bhishma on all accounts, even though Bhishma was very powerful. And he had the power, as we said, that he cannot die unless he wanted to. Now, the reason why Duryodhana says this to his army is because, once again, another story. In the Pandava's army, there was a person called Sikhandi. Sikhandi was born a woman, but was transformed to a man later on.
0: Bhishma would never fight a female. And in his eyes, Sikhandi was still a female.
1: The only person from the Pandav army that could kill Bhishma
0: is Sikhandi. Hence, Duryodhana says, protect him. He did not want to lose Bhishma, because he was looked up to by the army. Bhishma was a righteous person. And if he died, then the Korra's army would be weakened.
1: Secondly, due to Bhishma's virtues, reputation, he had a high ideal. The army was able to unite because of Bhishma. Nobody wanted to fight the Duryodhana. But it's because Bhishma was in charge, they respected him. And that unity would be gone if Bhishma died. Duryadhana's reason for fighting was self-centered, selfish.
0: So, Bhishma's reputation was used for his personal gain, personal gain, to try and take what's not his. He's using Bhishma for selfish reasons.
1: Any questions? Does that make sense, everyone? Does that make sense? Yeah, just giving a bit of the background. Slowly, slowly, we'll, we'll be giving these little backgrounds that makes sense. to to help you to understand the Gita better.
0: Yeah. Why is it called terrible? Now you know.
2: Really, just read the whole thing. Duryodhana exhorts the generals in his army to maintain their respective positions in the battle array and guard Bisma above all. Bisma was a warrior of exceptional strength and valor. Moreover, his great personal sacrifice to his father, King Sanatana, had earned him a boon that death would not overcome him without his consent. Nevertheless, Duryodhana shows an undue concern for the safety of Bhisma. There could be two reasons for such anxiety. First, Duryodhana knows too well that Bhisma, as a true Satriya, will follow the canons of chivalry a satya would never oppose or fight a female. Drupadi's son, Sikandi, in the Pandava army was born a girl and later transformed into a male through the supernatural power of his benefactor, Sutkanna. Nevertheless, Bhisma regarded him as a female. Duryodhana therefore fears that Bhisma will become helpless if Sikandi confronts him in battle. Should such a situation arise, the Guruva army would lose Bhisma and with him all his strength. Hence, Duryodhana takes great care and precaution in admonishing his generals to protect Bhisma. The second possible reason for Duryodhana's anxiety to guard Bhisma could arise from the importance of integrating the Guruva forces Many diverse forces made up the Kurova army. It lacked a common cause or ideal for waging a war. Somehow these forces had to be brought together as a unified front against the enemy. As a selfish person, Duryodhana mobilized the forces only for his self-centered desire to usurp the kingdom. No high ideal served as an integrating element among the warriors on his side. Duryodhana realises this. Thus, he had to exploit the good name of Bhisma as his only possibility of integration. Everyone held Bhisma in the highest esteem for the great virtues which he epitomised. Duryodhana uses Bhima's exalted reputation to effectively integrate the ranks of his army. He calls upon the generals to guard Bhisma alone. There we go, any questions? So this is
1: why, it's all psychological here, until we get to chapter two, it just gives you the background of what's going on. When Krishna starts talking in chapter two, that's when the philosophy will start. So we have to go through this to get an understanding of the idea. You know when they have a movie before the main theme, they give you the background of all the characters, so you understand the message that this is what we're doing. So now we begin topic, the third topic. Now, in this topic, it merely talks about both sides blowing their conches. Everyone knows a conch, you know? I think uh, we've been to a few weddings lately. The barman is blowing the conch and makes a noise. So this is what they're going to do now, getting prepared for battle. The war is about to begin. And each of the characters, the main leaders, they all had their own special conches,
0: some small, some large. All their conches had a name, and we're going to hear about that.
1: They had their own name, they had their own signature sound. And this was blown before battle. It was customary to try and scare the other side. So, this topic talks about the different conches and the different characters that are blowing them.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of psychology in there, and we'll uh, go through that. Okay. <laughs> Dasya
1: samjanayan guru habita maha. Simhanadam vinad yochehi, saṅkham tadmau pradha bhavan, dasya sanjanayan harsam, guru vrittaha vittamaha, simhanadam vinad yochehi, saṅkham tadmau pradha bhavan, the mighty grandsire, the aged guru, raising aloud a lion's roar, blew his conch to cheer, up, cheer him up. So, Bhisma, once again, a lot older compared to the rest of the warriors in his army. Much stronger and braver. He could see Duryodhana is dejected a little bit. He needed a bit of lifting up, Duryodhana.
0: As we said, Duryodhana was a self-centered person, bad, evil. Bad, evil
1: divinized their negative tendencies. They need the help of the good. They cannot otherwise function. He needed Bhishma to reunite the rest of the army. So they needed encouragement from Bhishma. They all knew they were fighting an unrighteous war. So Bhishma, he sensed this lack of conviction in the soldiers and in the nervousness of Duryodhana. He's a wise guru, meaning one of the elders who knew about life, about warfare. He could sense Duryodhana's was nervous. So Bhishma blew his conch
0: to bring unity and to signify the start of the battle. The fellow members of the army responded by blowing their conches and other instruments. Can you picture that? Bhishma,
1: the leader, blows his big conch and the rest of the army hear this and say, right, let's get ready. And they all blow their conches as well.
0: That's all it says. Nilan. The third topic covers verses 12 to 19.
5: It describes the tumultuous sound of conches produced by the two forces assembled in the battlefield and how the Gauravas were terrified. Bishma is referred to as mighty Grand Sire, an aged Guru. Bhishma was a very old member of the Guru clan. Though advanced in age, he surpassed even the foremost young warriors of his time, both in strength and heroism. Also, being the granduncle of both the Gauravas and the Bandavas, he was deeply respected and revered by all participants in the war. Duryodhana needed the support of Bhishma. Duryodhana's motives and ambitions were mean. His forces lacked the strength and conviction to face the mighty Bandavas. He was worried and anxious. He now looks up to the greatness and goodness of Bhishma to mobilize his evil forces to action. Evil forces in this world find it difficult to unite and function without the help of the good. A short-tempered man expressing his anger claims that he fights for his principles. He will not admit his weakness in losing his temper. He defends himself claiming that he upholds certain right principles which others are violating. Similarly, a lustful man takes refuge in the name of love. He suffers from a weakness for the other sex. He does not see his weakness, much less admit it. Instead, he claims it is based on love and affection for fellow beings. Thus, human beings tried to moralise their negative tendencies. Bhishma noticed the feeling of uncertainty in the mind of Duryodhana. He decided to cheer him up and rally the forces together. For that purpose, he roared loudly like a lion and blew his conch with great force. This hearty sound marked the commencement of the battle.
1: There we go. The rhythm is justifying his negative tendencies, like we all do. We get angry and we say, yes, I'm right to get angry. We justify it. I'm right, you're wrong. This is how the mind works.
0: Any questions? Okay. Next verse. We're going to go through these verses quite quickly. Verse 13.
1: Tata saṅkhaśca beryasca Pānavāna gomukhah Saha saṅkhaśca beryasca Saha saṅkhaśca beryasca Tata saṅkhaśca beryasca Pānavāna gomukhau then conches, kettle drums, tabors, drums, and cow horns blared forth quite suddenly. That n- noise was multinous. The Gaurava army are mentally agitated, they're about to go into battle. And they respond to Bhishma's blowing of his conch by blowing their own conches and other instruments such as drums, tabor, and many different loud instruments. Tumultuous means rowdy, tremendous amount of noise. Bishma was a wise person. He had good values, as we said. He knew what Duryodhana was trying to do. And because of Bishma's high values, he had no choice but to serve the king. Sometimes your own high values of standard you set yourself
0: can get you into trouble. Remember, two in life, two minds can never be the same.
1: We have our own minds. Bad enough for people who have been coming to this class you know how devastating the mind can be. It's bad enough trying to control our own mind. Then we get married, dealing with two minds. There'll be conflict no matter what. Doesn't matter how compatible my, this, my partner is, me and soulmates, when
0: 99% compatible, still the minds are different. You have to understand that. Remember who's not married in this group? Be ready for that. Two minds. There will always be a difference.
1: But if one of the partner has some of this knowledge and
0: understanding, he can overcome those conflicts. He can overcome any conflict in a relationship. And If both of you have this knowledge, that's what you regard as being in heaven.
1: Any relationship, if you have the relationship based on the foundation of this
0: knowledge, you're in heaven. Even a parent and a child, easy to get over complex if you understand that
1: both minds are different. There's nothing you can do about it. This is the way it is. So, If you have this understanding, next time your partner, your child, is behaving in a particular way, you understand this is his mind. Her
0: mind. They can't help themselves. They can only act based on that. Now you want them to act based on your values, your mind. How is it possible? It's impossible. And then you have conflicts. How does this knowledge help you override these conflicts? Those of you who have been coming for some time, how can this knowledge help you override those complex. Yeah, Robbie.
2: I think it allows me to you know, question my emotions, how I react to it. So I'm in control of how I react. So uh, you always pause for a second before I open my mouth again, repeat back to the wife. So, so you become less reactive. Mm, exactly.
0: Let my
1: wife have her say, I'm not going to be affected. Ravi's talking from experience.
4: You're yeah, right.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into a conflict here now. Anybody else? Thank you, Ravi, sharing that. You're absolutely right. But your wife says there's a bit more work to be had, which I understand. We're not, none of us are perfect.
0: Anyone else? How can this knowledge help you? to overcome conflicts. Yeah,
3: Vanita? I think you realise how important it is not to let your ego get in the way of being right or wrong or being, um, you know, you don't always have to have your say at the end. It doesn't matter because that person's not going to understand if they're being, So it's conflicting. They're not going to realise, they're not going to Come and meet you halfway, so it doesn't even matter if they don't, I suppose. That makes a difference.
1: Why is that, by the way, what we're saying? Why is that? Why they don't understand what you're saying?
3: Because their intellect doesn't allow them to, I suppose, their mind. Different
1: minds. They're trying to argue with their mind. Your mind is arguing with their mind. Both minds are different. As you get this knowledge, you have different values. And at the end of the day, you, you think for a minute, what am I arguing about? And it's normally a load of rubbish. He said, I said, she said, something silly. What's the point? So you understand that. You don't get emotionally involved. You can think
0: for a minute and say, you know, this is silly, why am I arguing? Doesn't matter, let them say whatever they wanna say. I agree abuse the situation so this knowledge
1: gives you higher values of life you understand it's not about wealth, power, name, fame it's about spiritual development this is my course, this is my values this is my goal anything else that comes in the way is meaningless this is what it teaches you if you don't have this knowledge, then you stick to those kind of values. The is sticking to his value. I want the kingdom. How dare they take it back from me? It's mine, even though it's not. Bishma understands, you know, this is his
0: mind. This is his nature. I don't have those values, but I've taken a vow. I have to serve the king. Similarly, you've taken a vow. You have to serve your partner, right or wrong with this understanding. Any questions? Yeah. So just take that away from today's class. Change your life. Two minds are not alike. Where were we? Did we chant 13? We chanted 13? It's not being read.
1: Nilam. Sorry, I lost my... uh, where I was. Sorry, not Neelam.
0: Arunabin. Is it Arunabin?
3: Yes. Who else? Manita, Sorry. It's funny. The conscious kettle drums, taboo, drums, and cow horns blared forth quite suddenly. The noise was tumultuous. tumultuous. The entire Goro army heard the sounds of Bhishma's conch. The general of the Gorva's side responded immediately by sounding his conches, kettle drums, taboos, drums and trumpets. The noise was sudden and tremendous. The war had begun.
1: War had begun. The conches have been blown. The war had begun from the Gorova side. So let's see what the Pandavas are doing. Verse 14. (laughs) de mahatiy shandane stitau madava pandavas cheiva dipyo sankha pradat mutuhu tatha swete hare yukte mahatiy shandane stitau madava pandavas cheiva divyo Then, seated in a magnificent chariot, yoked to their white horses, Madhava and Pandava also blew the divine conches. So this is the response from the Pandava's side. And this is Sanjaya telling Didhisra, far away. Remember, Sanjaya is narrating this story of what's going on to Didisra, Kaurava's father, Duryodhana's father. And he had the power to see from far away what's going on in the army, what's going on in the war. So Sanjaya tells Didisra. And Sanjaya is actually a devotee of Krishna. He knows what's going on here. Sanjaya knows this is wrong, but he's got a role to play as well. He's a devotee of Krishna. He reversed Krishna. So he's saying, and he's talking about the magnificent chariot,
0: the horses, the white horses. He's explaining it to Diddisha, But he actually means the
1: presence of Krishna and Arjuna. Look at Krishna and Arjuna. But he couldn't say that to Didisha. So he yeah. said, look at that chariot. It's magnificent. His horses are magnificent. But he actually reversed to Krishna and Arjuna, He said, Krishna and Arjuna responded from their chariot by blowing their conches in response to Bhishma's conches and the conches. And the sound was amazing, loud. Their, their conches were considered divine because
0: they had this character. So this is what Sanjay is telling to Dishra, that in response the pandava and krishna blew their conches Vanita.
3: then seated in a magnificent chariot yoked to white horses madhava and pandava also blew their divine conches seated in their chariot krishna madhava and arjun pandava heard the tumultuous noise of the Garvas, material instruments of music, a gift to origin by the fire god. The chariot was of exceptional beauty and strength. This magnificent chariot was drawn by four white celestial horses, taken from the hundred celestial horses given by King Chitra Ratha. The four horses and chariots were said to have had the power to go anywhere on earth or heaven. Krishna and Origin blew their divine conscious in reply to the tumultuous noise made by the Gorova forces. Their conscious were also extraordinary in character. Hence, they have been called divine. Verse 15.
1: Panchajanyam jan devadattam dishi paundram so. Deva dat tum Panchajanyam and jaya her. dishi Karma Rishikesha Blue the Panchajanya, Dananjaya the, the Devadatta, and Vikodara, of terrible deeds, the great conch, Pondra. Don't get too involved with the words. All it means
0: is that they blow their conscience. Now, Arjuna and Krishna had many different names.
1: And in different verses, they'll be called by various
0: names. I'm just preparing you for that. Krishna is referred to as Rishi Kesha in this
1: verse, which means Lord of the senses.
0: Yeah. says so Rishikesha blue the Panchajanya Panchajanya is his name of his conch He's the lord of the senses we have five senses what are the five senses for the newcomers what are the five senses Anybody five senses
3: Vanita Is it um, sight, smell,
1: taste, touch, and I don't know. So with the five senses we take in the world,
0: smell, taste, sight, hearing, touch, those are the five senses we react with the world. What is the controller of those senses? What is the controller of those senses, within us? Meghna? Is it the mind? The mind. The mind controls the senses. What controls the mind? Shashi? The intellect. If it's powerful enough, the intellect. Yes? What controls the intellect? The ultimate. What controls the intellect? Is it the Meghna? self. The self. Thank you very much. Who said that?
6: Sorry, Meghna. <laughs> Meghna.
0: The self. So, what controls intellect? Atman, the self.
1: The spirit that's within. Remember, human is made up of your physical body, your mind, your intellect, and the self. Spirit, Atman, God principle, supreme being, whatever you want to call it. Without that, you cannot function. So Krishna is referred to as lord of the senses,
0: meaning the supreme being. Yeah, that's why it's called Rishikesha in this in this verse.
1: So many different names we will be referring to Krishna. Many different names will be given to Arjuna based on the verse. So the Sanjaya, who is a devotee
0: of Krishna, is saying Rishikesha, meaning Atman Brahman. Arjuna, as the winner of wealth due to his successful
1: achievements on the battlefield and for bringing great wealth to the kingdom. He is, he's called Dhananjaya, meaning done wealth. Yeah? He has won many battles and got so much wealth for his kingdom.
0: So he's called Dananjaya, winner of wealth, bringing great wealth to the kingdom.
1: The Pandava army responded by blowing their conches to show their unity. The sound was a lot more menacing, and it showed up the fear and terror in the Korava army.
0: And the names are given of their conches. Krishna, he blew his conch called Panchajanya.
1: Tananjaya, another name for Arjuna, blew his conch called Devdata. And Bhima, Ojuna's brother, blew his conch called Bondra. That's all it's saying. Yeah. In a nutshell, is all it's saying is that they blew their conches and this is the name of their conches. Yeah, I'm adding a little bit of philosophy in
0: there to keep you all awake. <laughs> okay, who's reading the commentary?
6: Krishna is addressed here as Rishikesha. Rishika refers to any one of the senses. Isha means Lord. Rishikesha derived from these two words mean Lord of the senses. The Lord or controller of the senses is Atman, the self within. Krishna therefore symbolizes the Supreme being. Panchajanya was the name of Krishna's conch named after the demon he had killed. Krishna blew the panchajanya. Dhananjaya was one of the names of Arjuna. It literally means winner of the wealth. Arjuna earned his name after conquering many kingdoms and bringing great wealth to the Pandava capital. Arjuna blew the conch devadatta Arjuna had obtained it from Indra, the king of heaven. This conch sounded so loud that it struck terror into the enemy ranks. Rikodara is Bhima one of the Pandava brothers. Rikodara literally means wolf bellied. Bhima acquired that name as he was a voracious eater with an extraordinary power to assimilate large quantities of food. Bhima possessed exceptional physical strength. His deeds infused terror in the hearts of those who saw or even heard of them. Hence, he was known as Bhima of terrible deeds. Bhima's conch was named Pandara, the pondra was very large and it's sound reverberated over a long distance. Bhima blew his great conch along with Krishna and Arjuna. Give a picture of
0: the battlefield. What's going on? Verse 16.
1: Ananda Vijayam Raja, putro Yudhishthira, Nakula Sahadevascha Sugo Samani Pushpakau Ananta Vijayam Raja Kunti putro Yudistiraha Nakula Sahadevascha Sugo Samani Pushpakau King Yudhistra the son of Kunti, blue, Ananta Vijaya, and Nakula and Sadeva, Sugosha and Mani Pushpaka. Once again, they mention names of the conches and who blew which conch. These are the rest of the brothers Bhima, Arjuna, Yudhishthira, Nakula, and Sadeva, the five brothers of the Pandava, five Pandava brothers. Now, while mentioning the nature of the sound to Dhrishthira, Sanjaya tries to warn him subtly of the fate of his sons in this emanating war. Sanjaya is trying to persuade Dhrishthira, look, you know, the are sound terrible. What's
0: going to happen to the Kaurava army? He refers to Dhrishthira as king since he
1: was the rightful king. And will be after the war is over. He's subtly trying. He can't slap the dish and say, what the hell are you doing? Stop your sons before they die. He can't say
0: that. Yeah, But he's subtly trying to say that to the dish. Now, someone asked the question, why have the conches been given their names? Such names. Well, one, they were regarded because of the sound. They had a particular signature.
1: So, and each one belonged to a particular person. It was his conch, and it was customary give them a name. It's like you know, you have a car. You sometimes call it. I think certainly said her name is to be called. Car's name was called Daffy, for example. Yeah. So you sometimes have names for your cars. This belongs to you, yeah. and you give a name to say it's mine. There's a particular characteristics. Some people, I think Swamiji gave an example, cricket bat, you know, the Indian uh, Indian cricket team. They call their names by, uh, they call their bats by certain names that belong, that means something to them. So Similarly, these conches were given names that had some personal meaning to each individual person, maybe by the, of their sound, the size, et cetera, et cetera. That's why the conches have been given names. I
0: think Divya asked that question. Hope that's okay. Okay. Right.
6: Andu, brother of Dhritarashtra had five sons. Of the five, Yudhishthira, Bhima and Arjuna were born of his first wife, Kunti. And Nakula and Sehdev of his second wife Madri. Perhaps to indicate that these brothers were not sons of the same mother, this verse refers to Yudhishthira as the son of Kunti. Here Sanjaya refers to Yudhishthira as king, though he did not reign at the time of the war. Such a reference seems justifiable because he was in fact the rightful king. His kingdom had been usurped by his cousin Duryodhana Sanjay's words, were were, words also contained a powerful implication that Yudhishthira will resume sovereignty when the war ends. Yudhishthira had conquered many kingdoms at the time of the Rajasya sacrifice. His conch had sounded victory after victory. Hence his conch was also known as ananta Vijayam, which literally means endless victory. Nakul and said they blew their conscious name Sugosha and Mani Pushpaka, which literally means sweet toned and jewel blossom.
0: So,
1: names were given based on the conscious characteristic or the person who owned the conscious, his great feats in battle. Any questions? We're just going to finish this topic today. Next three verses are quite small. So, verse 17. Kasyas cha paramesh vasaha Sikhandi cha maharatha Drishtad viratascha, cha Satyakish cha Repeat Kasya's cha parameshva'sha, Sikandi cha maharata, drishtad yum no vira tascha, satya And Kasya, king of Kasi, an excellent archer, and Sikandi, a maharata, great chariot warrior. Trista Yumna and Virata and the invincible Satyaki. Names of warriors from Pandavasami. Sikhandi is mentioned there. We already explained he was born a woman, but was somehow converted to a man. And we said, Bishma, noble, upright warrior, would never fight a woman. So the only person who could kill him is Sikandi. Now we're gonna chant verse. 18 now some verses are given as two together because they have the same sort of uh, explanation dhrupado dhrupade yascha so vasa prithivapate sopadvashama bahu shankanta Drupada Drupade, yes chur Savasabrethi Vipate Sopadraschamahabu Sankandadmo Preta Pritak. O Lord of Earth, Drupada and the sons of Drupati and the mighty arm son of Subhadra, all of them blew their respective conches. Once again, it's just talking about the different characters on the Pandava side. So we'll just read the commentary. There's no nothing really to explain. Unamin, is it Unamin I mean? or Hema?
7: And Gashya, king of Kasi, an excellent archer. And Sikandi, a Maharatha, great chariot warrior. Trushtya Yumna and Virata and the invincible Satyaki. 18. O, o Lord of Earth Drupada and the sons of Drupadi, and the mighty-armed son of Subhadra, all of them blew their respective conches. Kashya was the king of Kashi, and modern Benaras Varanasi, Shikandi, and Druscha Yumna were the sons of King Drupada, the great Satriya, hero and Maharatha. Virata and the virtuous king of the Matsyas, in whose house the Pandavas lived incognito for one year, Satyaki had been the charioteer of Krishna. The sons of property were Prativindya, Shruta Karma, Satanika, and Shrutan Shrutasena. The son of Shubhadra was Abhimanyu, a fighter of extraordinary merit. The use of word sarvasa. All is meant to include the rest of the great warriors in the Pandava army. All of them blew their conches, proclaiming their unity and solidarity. Sanjaya addresses Drashtra as the lord of the earth, meaning the ruler of the earth.
1: So, verse 19. They're, they're just t- talking about the rest of the prominent warriors in the Pandava army. Verse 19. Sago Soda Tarastranam Hidayani Vyadaraya Napascha Prithivim Jaiva Tumulo Vyanunandayayan Sago Soda Tarastranam Hidayani Vyadaraya Napascha Prithivim Jaiva that tumultuous sound rent the hearts of Diddrishcha's host and made earth and sky reverberate. Sanjaya tries to portray a picture of doom to Diddrishcha in the hope that he would stop the war. The deep message Sanjaya tries to convey is that unrighteousness. Even his large numbers are always afraid of the righteous when confronted. Dhridhana is afraid, even though he's got a big army. Sanjay is trying to explain to Dhrishra, listen, there's doom ahead. You're going to lose your sons. They're going to die. Krishna is on the Pandava side. You've got no hope. He's trying to say, explain that to him. But of course, Dhrishra, proud of his sons, has the power to stop the the, the war, but he won't.
7: Emma. The sound produced by the conches of all the heroes of the Pandava army was deep and dreadful. It filled all the regions of the sky and earth. It struck terror in the hearts of the Kauravas and the warriors of their side. This sound was different from that produced by the Kaurava conches which had no such disheartening effect upon the us. In mentioning the tumultuous nature of the sound, Sanjaya seems to warn Dhrush, Dhrtarastra of the fate of his sons in the devastating war. He hopes the aged king may use his power to stop the war even at this stage. There is another deep message in Sanjaya's words. The unrighteous, though larger in number, are always mortally afraid of the righteous when confronted.
1: So the main idea here is that in life we, have, we all have problems. As we said, partner, children, accident, work issues, constant challenges, big and small, in our lives. Before we had ISIS, now we have COVID. No matter what challenges we have in life, we will never have a challenge like Arjuna. What's our challenges compared to Arjuna's? Yeah, just compare. Anytime you have a, an issue in your life, compare to Arjuna. What is my challenge, my issue, my problem compared to Arjuna's? And with this knowledge that Krishna is going to get from chapter two, was able to rise up and fight and win the war. So we also, with our little challenges, little problems in our life, compared to Arjuna's, with this knowledge, we can also overcome them. Hence, you have to stick to this uh, classes and learn this knowledge so that you can
0: deal with all your small problems. Any questions? She never lets me down, so. Um,
4: so Sanjay is quite subtle in his messages to Trithrashtra. W- w- would you say that there's a kind of message in a sense of he's, he's identified right from wrong
0: mm-hmm.
4: okay and he tries to the only person that could stop the war was Dhrashtha. nobody else could because mm-hmm. he was the king at that time so although he did get involved as such to try and subtly give the messages to say stop it he didn't he, he The fact that he was subtle about it would would it suggest that he wasn't involved so I'm I'm thinking if you notice there's right and wrong okay majority of us would step in and and react Mm -hmm. yeah because we feel that our action is right because what's happening is wrong Mm
0: -hmm.
4: would the message be don't get involved and subtly see if you can change it or what
0: so
1: In in life you're talking about, yeah? yeah? See, if a person, as you said before, two minds are not the same. If a person has negative tendencies and you don't, you have good tendencies. Sanjay has good tendencies. He knows right from wrong. He knows this war is wrong. Dhrishya has the power to stop the war. His brothers, his sons, he can stop his sons. But he, Dhrishya, and his sons are evil. Sanjaya is righteous, he is good. He's a devotee of Krishna, who stands for good.
0: But he doesn't have the power to
1: convince the disha because who is Sanjaya? He's just his right-hand man. You know, um, He's got a role to play, just as Bhishma has. Now, in life, you go to your boss, your boss makes bad decisions, negative decisions, You work for your boss. He pays your salary. You know he's making the wrong decision. And you
0: know right from wrong. But are you able to tell him that he's wrong? You may subtly say, you know, maybe we should try this or maybe we should try that. But you can't say to him, I think you're wrong. I don't agree with you. You can't say that. Because you know the way he is,
1: he may be negative. He may have negative tendencies. He may want to cheat a customer. He may want to cheat a client. You know it's wrong, but his company. You may not. Say, you may say, "Well, look, you know, I I can't do this because it goes against your morality." But you can't tell him he's
0: wrong, can you? What's your role compared to his? It's his company. Same thing. Is that okay? So. Any other questions? Neelan.
4: I haven't got a question, but I just wanted to share something that I've learned um, through these classes. And I
5: think it's about, um, you know, knowledge cannot be given, it has to be taken. And so it, we, it's hard to try to change someone. We can model the behavior and, you know, like you said, the values, but it's their choice. And so it's kind of, that's something I've yeah, learned, I suppose.
1: being aware of that gives you the understanding that everyone is different yeah. they're made up of their own experiences their own values, their own mind their own vasanas, their own desires you can take it back however you want he was dropped as a child who knows, whatever you want to say you know but this is how you have to uh, justify the world is made of pairs of opposites Good and bad, right
0: and wrong. This is the nature of the world. You can't change it. I can't change it. We have to live with it. Any other questions before we sign off today? Great. Thank you for joining us.